Hey everyone, I'm Marjoram Whiskey Tart, and this is Awesome Overflow. <laughs> I, I can't even keep a straight face. Okay, this is Meg Teets, and this is the September edition of Awesome Overflow. That special beginning was a shout out to superstar Kristen, who got tickled, as I did, about us finding our Hobbit names. That was something that our uh, superstar Shell posted in the main Hangout group, how fun it is to find your Hobbit name. And I got so tickled about being Marjorie Whiskey Tart that I was like, I'm going to have to change all of my social media handles to this immediately. Uh, <laughs> Kelly, we were just talking before we started recording that K, so so the formula, you guys, if you missed that big thread in the Hangout group, the formula for finding your Hobbit name is you find an herb or a spice that begins with the same letter as your first name, as your first name begins with. And then for your last name, you do a combination of uh, your favorite liquor and a baked good Kelly, we were just talking about how K, it's a little tricky to find an herb or spice right. with, with the K. Uh, what are we thinking for you? Well, what you had said that you looked up something that was yes. from the great land of New Zealand, which I love New Zealand. So tell me yes. what it is again. It's called the Kawakawa seed. Kawakawa seed. Yeah. K-A-W-A, K-A-W-A, Kawakawa. I thought that was so fun. It is fun. I actually kind of want that to be my nickname now. I don't have any good nicknames. <laughs> Kel, you know, like you can shorten Kelly to Kel. You yes. can shorten Meg, Megan to Meg. Yeah. You have. That's yeah. like your name name. Um, yeah. But Kawakawa sounds – that's, that's <laughs> way more fun. When I was um, at a restaurant back in high school, I think all the cooks were actually high that day. It wasn't uh-huh. like a high-quality establishment. Sure. And they were getting the biggest kick out of like na- rhyming everyone's names – uh-huh. So they were like, oh, Joella the gorilla. <laughs> and then they're like, smelly Kelly. Yes. Of and course. so they shortened my name then to Stinky because smelly Kelly's too hard to say. Uh-huh. And that was the only, one of the only nicknames that has ever stuck in oh my, my life. Oh my gosh. Is Stinky. That's tragic. For like two years, they called me Stinky and I actually responded to it. So Kawakawa, yes, please. That's much better. Kawakawa is an upgrade from Stinky. Bless your heart. <laughs> Well, that the funny thing is, I'm like, why did I respond? Like, after a while, I stopped, like, even paying attention. And a friend would come in and visit me, and they'd be like, Stinky, your order's up. And they're like, what? What is going on? You aren't Stinky. And I'm like, I don't. It's just a really long story. <laughs> it's a really long story. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But um, as far as the other two, I'm like, I don't have a favorite. Can I say cider? Like, hard cider and then pie. So yes. cider pie. Cobble cobble cider pie. Yes. That sounds like a 60s group, man. <laughs> We're going fully retro with that one. I yeah. love it. So yeah, Marjoram and Kawakawa checking in with you guys for this month's edition of Awesome Overflow. If you are new to being a superstar, first of all, welcome and hello. We are so glad that you are here. Every month we take a few minutes up to an hour. You never know how long these are going to be to just sit down, first of all, as friends and talk with each other about everything that we have not talked about that we need to catch up on, life updates and those types of things. And we also cover things that we would not necessarily mention on the show, either just we don't have time or maybe it's a more personal topic. 
basically the conversations that we would be having off mic anyway. Well, we just hop on a mic and record them and share them with you guys. And it's always so um, fun and interesting to hear the responses as we have discussion in the Superstars Hangout group on Facebook. If you haven't joined us there, we'd love to have you. Of course, you can also always leave a comment in Patreon if you would rather do that. And we will um, visit with you over there. So Kelly, it's the end of September. I know September has been quite a month for you, for your family. Let's just start with one of your big life updates, because the last time we, you and I talked and did an overflow, um, your father had just passed away, and mm-hmm. we were kind of like in the beginning stages with, alongside you with navigating what the future was going to hold. And a lot has happened since then. So why don't we just kind of start with the big update from you? Yeah, and in f- some ways, really awesome is I know that this is our chance to be real with each other, but I promise that it won't be like all negative. Like I was enjoying laughing with you, Meg, right there, because it feels like <laughs> life is super serious for me right now. And as an yeah. Enneagram 7, it's hard. It's hard to mm-hmm. not like, I need those moments of laughter and light. So I was thankful yes. for that, for Kawakawa. Um, <laughs> so awesomes. Yeah, the last time I was here, my father had just passed away. And I had said also on that episode, not only like the shock of him passing away from a heart attack at the age of 75, but he was the sole caretaker for my mom who has dementia. And she's only 72, but she was diagnosed at least five years ago. Really, we started to see signs almost 10 years ago of memory concerns. Um, Initially, she was given the diagnosis, if you have somebody in your life who has memory issues of mild cognitive impairment. It's a really um, umbrella sort of a term to say, you know, like, this is something we're seeing here that is more than whatever quote unquote normal would be for this age. But we don't really know um, what that means. It could go on to develop to be something that we were would probably call Alzheimer's or another type of dementia. But right now, or maybe it will just stabilize. Um, So then five years ago, she was actually given I did not know this a a Alzheimer's um, diagnosis. So um, since my dad died, of course, that is hugely upsetting. Um, a huge change. She's really gone downhill. She's also stopped taking her medication that she was on an anti-dementia medication, which we don't know that was doing all that much good anyway, but she's really gone downhill since she stopped taking it because she doesn't believe she needs it. You know, it's one of those things with dementia patients. She's at that, um, like grumpy toddler stage is, is kind of what I would say. It's, it's moderate on a scale of like three, if you're going to have, you know, low, moderate, advanced, or there's some scales of dementia that will give you seven, she's kind of right in the middle. So people who are right in the middle are, um, they really can't care for themselves, but they don't like, they maybe don't recognize that mm. they can't care for themselves. Um, yes. And they're very out of sorts because of it. Uh, you know, yeah. everything feels scary and frustrating. So yes, we had yes. initially decided we would try to keep her in her home because of COVID restrictions. Of course, it's like everything is going wrong and COVID on top of it for everybody. Mm. I, I know that every yes. superstar listening right now could have their own story here and be like, and this happened plus COVID, right? Exactly. Yes. That is just the reality for everyone, especially those of us in countries and part of the country where life is just so topsy-turvy still all right. these months later. So, exactly. Yes. So we we thought, well, let's try to keep her in her home. And you guys, this is the amazing thing is that we thought, here's what we need. We need somebody who can live there overnight, which we are like, how in the world are we going to find that? And then we need caretakers who are going to be able to come in almost daily. Um, mm-hmm. And we found that. We found a recent college grad who 
is actually a missionary kid and her parents are in Spain and she'd wanted to go home. But of course, she can't get out of America right now. No one will let Americans in. So Mm -hmm. she needed a place to live. And she's super sweet and wonderful and moved in. So that way, my mom didn't want to be alone at night. My mom has never been alone. She has gone. She went straight from her parents' house to getting married. So Mm -hmm. she's never lived alone. She's never not lived. This will come up later in a non-single family home. Also. Ah, yes. Right. So, um, we, we brought this sweet girl in and then we found some caretakers, um, that actually had come from the church. Like they, they knew who my mom was. She didn't know them, but they had been, they'd attended the church where my dad pastored here for 20 years in Minnesota. So really like an answer to prayer, you know, like if we're saying best case scenario, how are we going to find this? We found it and it still didn't work is kind of the short, you know, end story. It was, it was difficult. My mom is very cantankerous and was mean. Honestly, she was just kind of very mean and abusive to this girl who was living there. She would, you know, like I, I can say things like that anybody with dementia, I'm not demeaning my mom, but she would look at this girl and say she didn't shower. She accused her of stealing her dishes. She said she was fat. How are you sure you need to eat that? You know, it was like stuff like that, that my sister and I were like, horrified. You know, like you don't talk to people that way. Um, She threatened to shove something in her face one time, like just like really like we're like, this is you, this isn't okay. Um, You're not qualified, you know, like you're not trained to do this. Mm-hmm. So um, we just didn't recognize back a couple of months ago. And maybe it wasn't even as bad how bad my mom's dementia was. We thought yeah. that maybe she could, she could stabilize or, you know, like that what we were seeing was because of my dad's death. And it's really, I think it's even, she's gone downhill from that, from that right. point. Right. So yeah. a couple of weeks ago, we made the decision that we really need to move her into a care facility, even with COVID. Um, yeah. Maybe the, the silver lining, if you will, is that a lot of places do have openings right now where some of them that would normally have waiting lists, um, mm-hmm. because sometimes people, if they could bring their, their loved one home, they pulled them out right now for COVID because <gasps> okay, they didn't want to have yeah. the restrictions of not being able to see them. Right. Yes. So we were able to find a facility that's kind of in the center of my siblings and I that live here in Minneapolis area. And, um, it's wonderful. They're really, it's, it's not super small, but it's not big. So they really know the residents. And that was our thing. We wanted her to be known because we were like, physically, she's fine. Um, she doesn't need care really, but it's mentally, she can't do a whole lot. So we wanted to make sure that, you know, that people would be there to help her and to know her and to understand where she is right now and to be patient with that. So just last week we moved her in. Um, and so it was whew, a week because it's a lot of physical work of moving all of her stuff. You know, like we have, she's down into a, like a 550 square foot one bedroom apartment now. Okay. And their house that they had been in for the last five years was, you know, 3000 square feet finished, 4,500 unfinished. If like with, if you count the unfinished basement, excuse me. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So we just, you know, moved the bare essentials. But if you follow me on Instagram, you saw pictures. We, I love how it turned out. I think it's really cute. And it's so darling. I love how you guys set up. It's so homey. It is homey. And so sweet and comfy. I just, I think you guys did a fantastic job. It's really cozy. And I credit my sister for that, for saying, we need to take this. We need to take this. And she knows my mom's routines better than anyone. So saying like, we have to bring this chair. We have to bring this stool. You know, like these are the things that she uses on a daily basis that will make her feel the most at home. And I will say that I went to see my mom and I was able to take her out for a walk this past weekend. And she did say in one moment of, 
like positivity. She said, I do like it here. I like my, it's not too big. It's not too small. It's just right. And all my stuff is there. And I was like, well, that's good. I'm glad that. And then she said, and I hate it here. And I want you to get me out of here immediately. You know, so it's like, we balance. But I did see that one moment where I was like, good. I'm glad that maybe there's a part of you that is saying, well, these, this is my stuff. And I know how to, like, she's still losing things. I mean, she was losing things in her house. She can't remember where anything is, you know, so she calls my sister at least two or three times a day and says, you know, where are the peanuts? <laughs> and she's like, it's in, go to the cupboard above the sink, you know? Um, so it's just a big adjustment. And it's, um, I think for the next month, we'll just be transition, which mm. is hard because we're exhausted. Um, oh, my yeah. sister and I don't think we've even started to grieve my dad yet. Yeah. Because we've just been in this caretaking mode all the time. And it seems like there's always, you know, even when she was in her house, even last week after we moved her in, there, the second night that she was there, my brother's like, she's not in the room. She's left. Mm. And so, you know, like I, I drove down and we found her and she wouldn't stay in her room. She was sure that like she doesn't live here. She was very mad. Um, so it's like, this kind of feels like this. Something's always happening, you know, just yes. like you can't yeah. relax. Um, Right. So I think right, the next right, right. month will just be continued transition because that's how transitions are. You know, I think back to yeah. when you bring a baby home, it's just, it's a happier occasion, but you know, like you've mm-hmm. got, you're tired from giving birth and then you're mm-hmm. like, and now I've got to care for this baby. Like now we've got to make this transition into either becoming first time right. parents or how are we going to bring this little one into a family that already had a function? It's messy. You get there, but it's hard work yes. in the meantime. So that's kind of where yes. we are. Oh my goodness. Well, I know that there must be, even in the midst of transition, a relief in the sense of having a decision made. I can only imagine that, you know, for a while with trying to make it work in their home, there was probably still that nagging question daily of like, is this going to work? Is this going to work? Is this going to work? And so to be able to come to a place of just being like, well, we tried (laughs) And the answer was no, Right, it was not working. Um, and to be able to have something that feels more settled, more permanent, um, there has to be like just some sense of relief in a decision being made and action being taken. Yes. And also, I think we really did give it our best shot to keep her in her home. You know, we really, mm-hmm. I, except that we didn't have caretakers for Monday through like Sunday through Saturday, we only had four days Mm -hmm. a week covered. So that was a little rough every week. We were like, okay, who's going over this weekend, you know, sort of a thing. So that was a little exhausting for all of us. However, everything else was set up in the best case scenario. So we were like, we can feel good that we tried and it didn't work. And so now we have a team of people and they have been so gracious. Like the night that she wasn't in her room, um, and she wouldn't stay in her room. You know, like I finally, I kind of like got her in there and she's like, but I don't live here. And I'm like, this is where you live. And if you are familiar with Alzheimer's Association, one of the things they talk about with dementia patients is um, therapeutic thiving. Like just do, like do what you need to do. Say sometimes you can say things that you need to say to make them, because they're, they're responding out of emotion, not out of logic. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not in reality. Mm-hmm. So when she, she said, but I just want to go home. And we said, mom, you said you wanted to sell your house. We sold it. And she's like, well, who is there? And we are, we have sold it. Technically we have a purchase yeah. agreement. Um, she's like, uh-huh. well, who's there? And I'm like, they've moved in. You can't go back. Like okay. they've, you know, like you can't live there. And so that 
helped her a little bit. Like there's a lot of people who to even get people with dementia into a home setting, they'll say, oh, you know, your house is being fumigated for the next three weeks. Like there are bugs. And then they just kind of forget that they they can't go home. Or, you know, they'll say things. It's like sometimes you don't want to, but it helps them to feel like, well, to accept. um, Yes. And to to not get stuck. So, but anyway, what I was going to say is that that night as she was wandering around, I thought, oh my goodness, um, she's in an assisted living wing and they do have a memory care wing where they can't get out. Cause I talked to the aide after I got her back in the room and said, could she get out of the building theoretically? And he's like, yeah, like assisted living. We, they're not prisoners, you know, like we can't lock them in. Like that's not the point of it here. Right. That's, and I was like, okay. And I don't think she would leave the building. It's nighttime, but. I, I I wondered if the administrators would say she really needs to be in memory care. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. they called us the next morning and said, this is totally normal. Don't okay. freak out. We're not freaking out. Like even non-dementia patients will often like leave their room and demand to be taken home and demand that say there's, you know, their son or daughter is coming to get them. Like this yeah. is very normal. And also like she won't wear a mask lots of times when she goes out because she, all she does is read her Bible and watch Fox news. So she yes. doesn't, you know, um, believe in, that this is a thing. So they, but they said, you know, um, like we want her to be able to make the transition. So when they called, they said, right now she's sitting outside of my office with her mm-hmm. purse because she believes you're coming to get her. She's not wearing a mask. And I told the staff it's okay. Like, mm-hmm. like we're going to yeah. do what we can to yeah. make it work for her. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I just like to have people who understand what we're going through and are being compassionate yes. to us. And they're saying, yes. we're going to make it work. Like there's, right. even though this is still not easy, like where we mm-hmm. are, we're not, we haven't reached that exhale part yet. It feels right. good to have turned this corner. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, what a kind and compassionate place you all found. I know that is such an answer to prayer in so many ways. So it really is. So good. Um, I know you have some more life updates. I'm going to sprinkle in some things. I have a little thing that I was going to share. And then I have a bigger, like very recent, as in maybe just yesterday, shower <gasps> thought, epiphany moment about something that I'm going to share here in a little bit. First, my little thing. So you've been going through, obviously, obviously a life-changing, stressful time. But as you mentioned, like for every person, it's just like the Mm -hmm. absolute craziness of life. So much just background vibrating of stress, I feel like, just like that low hum of stress for all of us. So Kelly, I have turned to something therapeutic for myself that's First of all, it's free. It's not hurting anybody. It's watching bullet journal videos on YouTube. (laughs) Okay. First of all, first of all, I am ecstatic that this works for you, but I have no idea what you're talking about. I know. I know. So it's such a very niche thing. So, you know, bullet journaling is the idea that you take just a blank journal. You could have like a basic 99 cent notebook from Walmart, and you basically record your to-dos in it. That's the essential kernel of the the concept. But people being artistic and creative as they are have taken that concept and expanded it into um, bigger, like more elaborate artist filled pages of journaling so that you have all of these spreads where you're maybe you're tracking habits and you're listing your to-dos and you're drawing calendar spreads in there. I mean, there are these beautiful 
pieces of art, I think. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is just your to-do list. I'm so fascinated by it. So sometimes when I need to like wind down at the end of the day, or maybe it's a Sunday afternoon and I just want to like lay down and maybe I fall asleep, maybe I don't, I will just turn on YouTube and search bullet journal spreads or whatever. And YouTube happily is like, you rang? Yes, we've got (laughs) We've got plenty of those. And so it just starts feeding them to me one after another. And there, I, I do still use a bullet journal concept in my regular planner, but I know in my heart, I'm never going to create journals like this, but I get so much enjoyment and also relaxation from watching people take blank pieces of paper and some markers and some pens and some washi tape. And it's all, all of these bullet journalers who have the big YouTube channels are all very precise. They like measure things. Kelly, it like brings my world back into alignment to see people Mm -hmm. take nothing and make it so beautiful and so precise. And I will, I can't even think, Amanda Rach Lee is one channel that I really love. She, she actually has gotten so big that she has created and developed her own product line and has her own products to sell and those types of things. I will look and grab some channel names for some others that I've been enjoying and put them into the links in the show notes because they just have been so soothing, so cathartic. Like if you feel like everything in the world is just spinning out of control and you want something that is beautifully under control, I highly recommend. And and with no pressure of feeling like, oh my gosh, if I'm going to, if I was going to bullet journal, I'd have to make it like this. No, no, that's not the point. The point is to watch chaos be tamed in a beautiful artistic way. <laughs> yes. Via YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, well, it's control, right? I think it's that's control. what it is. Yes. Like, I've watched some beauty, you know, vloggers, and I really don't I, – I have the same makeup that I've had for 20 years. Like, I don't experiment. Yeah. I don't do anything crazy. I don't really care. But I love to watch other people do it. It's the same as, like, yes. Food Network. I mean, that makes total sense to me and as a, a fellow list person and, like, person yeah. who likes schedules to see people do it beautifully. I can totally see that, actually. I might have to check one out, Meg Teets. I will send the links along to you. It's very soothing. Um, you've got another uh, situation on the other end of your family, not caring for your mom, but with uh, a teenager in your yeah. house that has come up. This was something, you guys, I said to Meg, I said, we just should talk about this because I bet we all have funny stories. So just if life updates on me. I have a son who will be 17 in a few weeks, um, and he got his permit kind of late. I mean, he's an older junior. He's a high school junior. And so... Um, this summer he was doing more driving and he went to take his first test once tests opened again, because here mm-hmm. in Minnesota, and I know other states, wasn't Georgia was one state, and I think maybe even Wisconsin, that because of COVID, because they got so backlogged, because everybody shut down for a while, they said parents yeah. could administer their own driving tests and give their kids their own license. Like, what? they don't have to pass the test. Yeah. Are you serious? Uh-huh. I know Georgia did. <gasps> Oh my gosh, I wonder if Oklahoma did. Um, this is very fascinating. Okay. Well, because I was like, on one hand, like, that would be so much less stress. On the other hand, how many kids are out there that their parents were like, yeah, you're good. Just. <laughs> I know, right? Like, is there a whole generation that's never going to actually learn how to drive? But they did not do that in Minnesota, much to my son's disappointment. And yeah. the only places that are open, they, they opened fewer testing stations mm. are these, um, they're, they're test stations. So th- there's okay. like a closed course that you have to drive through. So he is testing at the same station where I tested as a teenager. Oh and my gosh. First yes. of all, that's amazing. I know, which is so funny. 
And everybody, there's not that many. There's like five in the Twin Cities. So they're all well known, you know, like, oh, yeah. you're going to Arden Hills. You're near, yeah. So right. it's, it is not easy. Um, I do think the instructors, the test examiner people have gotten a lot less grumpy and they're kinder, um, to help with stress where they, they were not when I was, <laughs> when I was a teenager. So he took his test and failed. Like he didn't even get halfway through it. Oh gosh. Okay. But. I am here to say, at least in Minnesota, like I also failed my first test. My daughter failed her first test. Um, it's difficult on these little closed courses because it's like not even a city block that are blocks. And then you'll have five lanes and you'll have like one that's a five way, one way that turns into a two way. So it's all of these things that you don't actually, most of these kids don't experience in real life all the time. But they test them on it. Of course, that's fine. It's just it's it's very intense, and because you have such a small, maybe you have thirty or forty feet between intersections. You know, so the instructor will say at the next intersection, turn right. So you have to like turn your turn signal on, make sure there's nobody get over, look both ways. You know, like everything is in a, a very short time. Where in a real okay. driving situation, you have you know yeah. longer periods of time to do some of this stuff. Right. So you have to do everything right right away. It's yes. so stressful. And so I, I really sympathize. And that's what I wanted to say is I would love to hear what happened for you when you got your driver's license and how it went. Because it's changed too back in the day. Yes. You get your license and go and pick up all of your friends and drive them around. And most places that's not okay anymore. Like you are on, you have a, you know, like a prohib, uh, what's the word? Provisional license. Yeah, like a provisional license. So you can't drive anybody that's not your family for the first like six months or maybe one person, but it's not like you're going to pack in, you know, 10 friends to your two door coupe and, and go get a root beer. Um, so I'd failed my first test because my dad scared me as we were driving in. Like he thought uh-huh. I was going in an intersection with a car coming and he reached over and did that parent. No, you know, like, like grab the wheel. And I was like, I'm not. But then I was all shaky. So I, I think I got probably as far as, as Connor did. I, I did like three or four blocks and he said, pull over. You've already failed. What's going on? Oh, <laughs> I was like, no. my, dad, my dad scared me and I'm so nervous. <laughs> and he was like, go home, sleep it off, come back. You'll try again. <laughs> and I did pass it the next time. Um, so it's just that whole driver's license thing, man. It is such a rite of passage. What, so is. I wanted to hear your story. That's why I wanted to talk about it. Like, what happened for you? Well, I I actually passed my driver's test fine. Well, I I mean, and I'm when I say fine, I think I passed by like a few points. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that everybody? We're all like, I passed by one point, but I passed. I do think it actually. If I if my memory serves, and I haven't thought about this in a long time, if my memory serves, I think I did pass by literally like one point or maybe six points or something like that. I think you had to get. As I think about it, I think you had to get a 70 graded test. And I think I got like a 76 or something. Okay. Um, but so I didn't have any traumas with that. And also ours wasn't on a course. It was on city blocks. Right. Like they were just like, you'll just kind of come out here and we'll just do this. Now, I do remember the test administrator being super grumpy, super not like kind, compassionate, warm and fuzzy. Maybe, maybe if you, if all you do is take teenagers out for driving tests all day, it makes the best of people grumpy. Um, but I'll tell you this much. I have such a bitterness in my heart about driver's education because when I, all these low, these many years ago in Oklahoma, you took driver's ed as a class. 
And it like in was, school. In school, yeah. yes. And so I did actually did a summer school session of it. And it, because it was during the summer, it, my parents were like, we're, well, we're going to go on vacation and just, you know, get your work. And the instructor was like, okay. I mean, he wasn't super thrilled about it. But he was like, here's your, like the, um, you know, the actual like material that you were studying or whatever. Here's your worksheet packet or whatever that you're going to miss and just bring it back when you're done. Well, Kelly, I've never been really great <laughs> about following through and follow up. And so I never turned that stupid worksheet packet in. Okay. So I got a B in driver's ed on my uh, high school transcript. And then I, again, didn't think much about it. I had all A's and everything else. I was kind of annoyed that there was this B in driver's ed, but I was like, well, what difference is it going to make? Well, here comes my senior year. And I was actually taking, you know, more advanced classes than I ended up making a B in my physics class. Um, and where I would remember being in the counselor's office and we were, they were going through the process of figuring out who was going to be top 10 graduates in our class. And she was looking through it and she was like, well, I mean, the B in physics wouldn't have been that big of a deal because it's weighted, but this B in driver's ed, she was like, you're, you won't be top 10 because of driver's ed. Oh my word. <laughs> Oh my word. It was what held you back. It was what held me back from that moment in the sun, it's high school graduation. And I've never forgiven driver's ed. It's really, I shouldn't, I sh I'm mad at myself because I didn't right. turn that stupid packet in. Oh my gosh, it's so frustrating. But um, it's so funny because you're so right. Things have changed so much. So it's not, in Oklahoma, it's not a class that you take anymore. And I don't know how long it's been since it has been. Now, if you want to take an actual driver's ed course, you have to go somewhere uh, and, right. and there's like these, you know, businesses that offer it. So now Daisy's 15 and a half, which means that she could get a permit in Oklahoma. And it's so funny because I think kids today are a lot more, eh, I'll get it whenever I get it than we were. Yep. Like we counted off the calendar days until you could go and get the license, or I did. I know. No, I was a, I, no, that was the thing. I mean, you're right. Yes. Yeah. And I was a June birthday. So I feel like all of my friends had started driving before me. And so I was just so excited to go. And Daisy does want to, and we've put a lot of the responsibility on her. Kyle asked mm -hmm. her because, you know, of course she's in the, you know, she's a sophomore and we're trying to prep her for how you do things when you're not at home and having somebody do everything for you. So Kyle had told her, I want you to research three places that offer this, ask your friends who have taken driver's ed, where they went, did they like it? He like wanted her to do the research and we would collaboratively choose a thing. And she kind of got started on it. And then she was kind of like, well, eh, I don't know. I guess I'll take it another time. <laughs> so, yep. Okay. So here's my story is that because I had all these friends who drove, because like you said, back in the 80s and 90s, you know, you went and got your license. It was freedom, right? It was such yes. a thing. Like it was the day yeah. of your 16th birthday. Um, yes. But I had friends who drove and my birthday's in January, which is a really sucky time to be driving in Minnesota, like to be a new driver. So I think there's a lot That's of true. parents who mm -hmm. even back then were like, yeah, no, not right now. You know, like you can get it in the spring. Um so I waited and waited and waited until I was almost 18. And my dad said, look, if you're going to take, because driver's ed was, was at that point, 
not in the schools. It was something you had to take. But he's like, if you're going to do this, you need to go do it because of insurance reasons. He's like, you need to go take driver's ed. It's it's cheaper once, you know, like if you do everything after 18, it's going to cost more. So I was like, all right. And there was this really funny moment. Here's a confession where when I was 17 and 18 as a, as a senior in high school, I was also a college student because I did that whole, they have that oh, thing in yes. Minnesota. So uh-huh. I wasn't even at my high school. I was only on a college campus and I worked. So there was a day and I did have my permit, I think at this point, you know, like I had driven some, but yeah. that I was on college campus and I was working in the TV studio with some people and somebody who worked with me, I was like, I've got to go. I've got to go run up to the dorms and catch the bus over so that I can go to work. And she said, oh, if you can stay, you can take my car. Can you just, you know, like, if you can stay, you can take my car to work. And I was yeah. like, I don't have, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I drove her car to work without a license. I mean, oh my gosh, it was, Kelly, you rebel. <laughs> I know. I was 10 minutes away. I was 10 minutes. So it yes. wasn't a big deal. But of course, you know, the entire time I was like, oh my word. Oh, like yes. watching for cops, making sure that I'm following every little rule. And of course, that night then I was on such a thrill of um, rebellious rule breaking and independent streak that I went and got my ears double pierced in the mall. There you go. Before I took her car back. I was like, yeah, baby, that's what these holes are for. <laughs> I'm such a rule breaker. I drove down Snelling Avenue without a license. <laughs> Oh, yes. Man. Oh my gosh. That is the best story. <laughs> so these are the things that I don't tell my children. Um, yes. So Connor will try again. I'm sure he'll pass. He's really annoyed because he wants to do what you did, the street tests, but all the, all the street testing places right now are closed. It's only courses, which I think makes sense because it's so quick. Like, you know, if you fail, you fail in two seconds and they can be back testing somebody else and they've got such a backlog. There's so many people to test through, but I'm like, it is tricky. You just kind of have to learn the game and play it. That's how it is. And I cannot wait to hear the superstars trade their stories of a uh, yes. driver's license. We'll have to start a thread. Totally. Totally. Okay. Well, I have to tell you this little epiphany that I had and it's actually Enneagram related. Um, so here's a thing as an Enneagram nine, you know, it, that has helped me in so many ways to understand why I do things and those types of things. I have to tell you that something that drives me so bananas about myself is my capacity and my great propensity for avoiding things. And even as I've said on the show before, I've, I, I recognize this for myself that I will avoid not just bad things, which as a seven, I know that you're pretty adept at avoiding bad stuff. <laughs> Denial is where I live. (laughs) (laughs) I am, I will also avoid good things. I just like anything that has any kind of decision point to it. Kelly, I get, I just let go into avoidance mode so quickly. Here's this very stupid little example. So a week or so ago, I completely cleaned out my closet, like massive, massive clean out that resulted in seven 
bags of stuff that I was getting rid of. Two bags of it was just sheer trash, literally either clothes that were trashed, could not be passed on in any way, shape or form. And some of it was just like actual trash. I'm like, I'm a 43 year old woman. What is going on? <laughs> it's 2020. Um, it's okay. Yes, exactly. And also I have a lot of kids and all that. So, um, okay. So in the midst of my cleaning out of stuff, I found, I, I I was like, you know, it's really time. I'm going to move past the nursing clothes, even though Nico does still nurse occasionally during the day. Um, I just don't want to wear nursing clothes anymore. So I have this big bag filled with um, extra large nursing clothes, most of them from that company I love, Latched Mama. And so I thought, I'm just going to pass these on to somebody who can use them. And I also had a Moses basket that Kyle's mom had made for Nico that obviously he hasn't used for a very long time. And they're like, I need to get this stuff out of here. So I posted in a local mom's group saying just that. I've got a bag of extra large nursing clothes that I would love to pass on and also a Moses basket. Well, I didn't think, it's a very small group. There's like 200 women in there. I didn't even know if anybody was going to take me up on it. And there was, and I opened Facebook back up to to check that thread. And there was like seven replies of like, I'll take it. I'll take it. My baby's coming soon. And then that was the moment of just like, mm, uh-oh, I'm frozen. Can't decide. <laughs> Like the logical thing to do would be like, okay, you know what? This girl replied first. I'm going to yes. ask her first. Do you want to come get him? Go through the list. Why, Kelly, why, 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 why can't my brain do that? I went into avoidance mode. That bag of clothes is still in my room oh, no. because I just was like, oh no, I have to decide. And then also some people are not going to get this stuff and it's going to be a disappointment. Yeah. And like, I just completely shut down on it. Now, finally, yesterday I did go into my messages and found t- messages from people. And I did. I just went in order of people who had messaged yeah. me. One of them happened to be, and I didn't realize this woman was in there. One of them happened to be the woman who's going to come get our Moses basket, Daisy's sixth grade language arts teacher. Oh, I was like, I didn't cool. even know you were in this group. So I felt really happy about that. But yesterday I was in the shower after I had messaged people and made arrangements for people to come and get these things. That was the other thing too. Like I was like, I don't really have time to drive all around the city dropping things off. Oh no. Yeah. Is they should weird? come to you. I know, like, again, right? Logically, they, if they're getting something free, most people are happy to come and pick yes. it up. <laughs> um, so I was thinking to myself as I was in the shower, like, why do I do this? And I remembered that I watched, do you know who Mel Robbins is? Oh, the name sounds familiar, but she's, she's like a motivational speaker, essentially. She has like books and a podcast and okay. all kinds of stuff. She's done a TED talk. I just happened to catch on Instagram one of her IGTV videos talking about why we procrastinate. And she, her essential thesis is we don't procrastinate because we're not good time managers. We we procrastinate as a way of dealing with stress. Like our brains are Mm. like in stress mode and like, so like the weight of the world is on our brain. And so we go to do something and our brain is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Could we just like, could we watch cat videos for just like five minutes? And then, then we'll get to all this stressful stuff. And then of course, five minutes turns into an hour. And then you're mad at yourself for being a bad time manager, but actually you're a bad stress manager. And so she had some ideas for like how to push through the stressful things so that you're making a habit out of, you know, kind of doing the the next right thing. Anyway, I kind of started thinking about how I know that this avoidance thing, it's not just because I'm an Enneagram nine, it's also because like as a nine, I guess any moment of stress, I just like, I don't want to deal with it. And so I switch into avoidance mode again, even over things that are like completely neutral or even good. So I started thinking about how can I change this habit for myself? And I realized a 
big motivator for me is chasing after like the good feeling of something and that avoiding something ultimately brings me a lot of bad feelings, a lot. But when I accomplish something, there's that good feeling. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately I decided I'm going to try for 30 days because that's how you're, how long you're supposed to give a habit, right? Or 28 days or something like that. Let's call it 30 days. I am going to try to every time that thing of like avoid that like big flashing sign that is like begging me to avoid something. I'm going to try as an, as a form of self care to take care of my mental health by actually just taking action on the thing. So. Yeah, if it, if I get overwhelmed with, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'll come take the clothes or whatever, instead of going into that avoidance habit to remind myself that I'm actually taking care of myself by making a decision in that moment, by taking action on something. Now, I don't really have a good way to quantify this. I'm just really, I'm like literally putting it at the mantra at the top of my planners as a reminder that taking action is self-care for me. Now, for some right. people, they're probably like, you're speaking an alien language right now. I can't imagine my brain working that way. <laughs> and that's fine. Some people are totally geared towards taking action and they've already connected with that idea that it feels so good to be in action mode. I think I just have such deep grooves in my brain that get that hit of, of, um, of a good feeling in the moment that I avoid it. Mm -hmm. It's just like a little tiny hit of it, but it's enough to keep me from actually pushing through and saying, no, that small hit of good feeling that I get when I can avoid something and be like, I'll, do, I'll deal with it tomorrow or I'll do it this afternoon or next week or whatever, that I um, am just not going to tolerate that as being enough for myself anymore, enough of a good feeling. I'm going to say, no, I want the actual lasting good feeling right. that comes with looking at what I've been able to push through and accomplish and make decisions on. So I was thinking, I'll just say this here. I was going to text this to you that we should do another show on self-comfort versus self-care because it's something that we're talking about. And I think in the age of COVID, it could be a really good topic because I've been, I've been thinking the same thing that, that it's that idea of for me, when I look back at when I learned a lesson like this, um, I really love the taste of McDonald's. Like it's, it's, it's my childhood, a McChicken. I ate them, especially when I was pregnant. Like yes, it was the only thing girl. I could keep down. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there was a while and there's a, a McDonald's is the closest like fast food restaurant to us. Really like one of the only ones in our little town. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so it was so easy to swing through. It's inexpensive. It was quick. Um, sometimes I could do it without the kids seeing me or, you know, like I could yes. get them some small thing. It was a, a little treat, right? But I didn't like how I felt afterwards. Like I didn't feel good. My body didn't feel good. And I felt kind of guilty. Like, oh, that wasn't the wisest choice. Like you have food at home. You have, you know, like you were just going for that easy thing. Like you're saying, like that, like little tiny hit of like, avoiding having to cook or, or whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, finally, I was like, but you've got to remember how you feel when you don't do that and let mm -hmm. that be the motivating, like drive by McDonald's and say, you are going to feel better this afternoon yes. because you're not stopping and enjoying the little hit. You're going to go for the big hit that's going to come later. Um, and that's not to say that there's never a place for McDonald's or for cat videos, you know, like yeah, for doing those things, that's, but that's the self comfort thing that sometimes yes. we say, I just need a minute. In fact, this week, my brother, my sister and I, so now we have to go through my mom's house because we do have this purchase ag agreement. We have to clean everything out. So mm. 
two days after we got mom into the facility last week, um, my sister said, we need to talk about getting that out. And my brother said, I like cannot, I need a whole week of not thinking about all of this all the time, you know, which I was like, I completely get that. That sometimes is that self. Like I just, I, I recognize it's still going to be out there. I still have to make these decisions right now. I need to take a break. I need some McDonald's. I need a cat video. I need to procrastinate mm-hmm. because you are helping yourself. We can't run on full tilt forever. But really the self-care is that bigger thing. I love that make teats. Like I, I think that you are really going to see so many good things. Like I think this, if you can do it, like to be able to say, look, I've just decided I'm going to pick that first person and it's fine. And then I'm going to walk away and I've done it. Yes. And now it doesn't have to be a thing that's like, oh, I should really do that, but I don't really want to. And it feels overwhelming. And then sometimes we can get to a shame spiral out of it. Like, why can't I do this? Stupid. Exactly. Exactly. I get into the shame spiral and that makes it worse Mm -hmm. because then I feel badly about myself in this. Yeah. Here's an, here's an example of me actually making a good choice in terms of not avoiding. And this is, this is the simplest thing. My car tag for my minivan is due in September. In Oklahoma, you go to a place called a tag agent and you just go in and it's a very simple process. You write a check, they give you, you know, a sticker, blah, blah, blah. It, you know, a lot of people complain about the DMV and all of that stuff. I, we just don't, I, I've never had a hard time with getting our, t- you can even do it online. Yeah. It's like so easy. Well, our tech agency is on the main street that we live two blocks of, off of that I drive up and down past dozens of times a month. On Saturday morning, I was out running errands by myself and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go get my tag real fast. And so I pop in there. Kelly, it was like the heavens opened up. The angels descended. There was not a line. I literally walked in the door. The first agent right there, that of course, they've got everything sort of rearranged for COVID. But I walk in the door and the, tag, the agent, the first agent was like, how can I help you? And I was like, I need to renew, blah, blah, blah. I was in and out in literally, literally less than five minutes. I can't tell you how many times Brilliant. I've let our tags expire. And again, you can literally do it online and I drive past it all the time. There's no reason not to do it except that I just don't do it. it. But this time, while it was still the month of September, before any late fines or anything like that, I did it. And I am, look at me. I'm like still glowing about the you fact are. that I got my tag renewed on time this month. And so this is me like rolling around in the happy fulfilled, proud of myself feelings that come with doing stuff as opposed to the cringy, shamey, why am I like this feelings that come with avoiding things. So I'm trying to retrain my brain, you guys. This is what I'm trying to do. Make new grooves in my brain that are headed towards doing the right thing at the right time. (laughs) I mean, that really is true self-care. And I think you I love the way you said that, like being proud of yourself. It's that, you know, the hashtag adulting sort of a thing. But really it is like, you know, I mean, I know that that's kind of a joke of like, I don't want to adult and adulting is hard. And those are all true. But the flip side of that, and this is something that I feel like generationally, we've lost a little bit even too. like kids today don't want to necessarily or they don't care about getting their driver's license since they can connect with their friends online. It's just not the big deal that it used to be. Um, That I think that in, in the same way, we haven't maybe passed on enough of the, like, there's this really good feeling when you are an adult, when you yes. are responsible and you take care of your shiz and you, your people and, and you're like, I got this together. Like, that's the really good feeling. Yeah. Do we get it right all the time? Does it feel overwhelming? You know, no, we don't get it right. Yes, it's overwhelming. But the payoff is that, is yes. that like, I'm capable. I'm a grown up. I can do things. <laughs> yes. 
Exactly, exactly. So maybe we'll also start a thread if anybody else needs um, a sort of like anti-avoidance <laughs> uh, thread to talk about the things that they're not going to avoid and they're going to do in the next 30 days. Maybe we can kind of do this. Accountability, that's what I, I was it. thinking of. Yeah. Be accountable. So. All right. I feel like there was something else. Yeah, I can tell you one other thing that I'm going to do in the next 30 days. Okay. I was like, ooh, there's the, there's the seg right there. Yes. Uh-huh. You guys, if you have not already watched Schitt's Creek season six, which is the final season for this TV show that just won a ton of awards at the Emmys, is probably one of my favorite shows of the last few years. I have not because in, in the US, you needed to buy it. And it wasn't that I was against buying it by any means. I just was kind of hoping that Natalie, <laughs> I've just started to make her watch it with me. I like I really I know she'll love this show. And I was like, that would be a fun thing to watch together with her. But my sister called me and said it's coming to Netflix in October, the last season of, okay. of Shit's Creek. Okay. Yes. So That's, I am about so excited. And self-care. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be both. I'm so excited. I don't yeah. know. My daughter has watched, I would say, like we've watched like six or seven episodes. So she's seen enough to kind of know the characters. Season one, if you guys haven't seen Shit's Creek, or even if you have, you know, is probably like a lot of TV shows, the most cringy, you know, where you're like, do I really like these people? Is this something that I want to invest time in? So you're always like, you, you just kind of have to keep pushing through. You will love it. You will love these people. Um, even though their quirks don't all go away, you know, like, but they become softer and they grow. Um, I'm so excited. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. if I'm going to be able to wait for her to go through all the seasons to watch season six, if it's out there. But I do, this is something that I do. I don't know why, but I often hold on to the end of a TV show, like one that I really, really love. Like I don't want it to end. And easy. I feel like a TV show is easier than a book to kind of walk away from for me and like hold it out there as a reward. I, yes, I think maybe yes, because yes, yes. this year has been so hard. So I did this with Kim's Convenience. I got halfway through season four, realized that it was the final season that they had out right then. Although I've been told they are, in fact, taping season five. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I like, I stopped. I went back and I'm like rewatching The Office for like the third or fourth time because <laughs> that's a thousand seasons and it goes forever. And I'm like, I just, I'm holding it out there. It's like a treat. I don't know if anybody else does that. I will watch it eventually, but it's like I need. I'm, it's my rainy day fund. Is yeah. To oh watch. yeah, that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Well, I'll tell you what. I have watched like the first couple of episodes of Shit's Creek, and then I just never did get into it that much. <gasps> Wait, I wasn't what? even. Yeah, I've never watched it. I just the first few episodes. So <laughs> insert horrified emoji face right now. <laughs> I know. It's one of those things where I just like, I have not been able, and and it wasn't even like I was like, oh, I don't like this show or I don't get it. Like, I understand that it is like a cultural thing and people super, super love it. So I'm like, I'll get to it eventually. You will. You will. Um, You're going to, you're you're taking the the Kelly track of popular, of pop culture right now. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I'm on the Kelly timeline. (laughs) You'll get to it in a couple of years. And you'll be like, you guys, shit's Greek. Let's talk about it. (laughs) That sounds right. That sounds right. Um, But no, now knowing that the last season's coming out and that I could do it as a full binge completely through, I don't do what you're saying necessarily with TV shows, but I do do that with 
books, especially book series that I love and I don't want to end, I will hold off on like the last one for a long time. Just like you said, just it, I love that idea. It's the rainy day fund that you just know it's there. It's there when you need it. Just right. not quite ready to dip into it yet. It's like so. putting a chocolate bar in the, in the freezer, I guess, you know, like where yes. you're like, I just going to keep this here because at some point I'm going to need it and, and I will be thankful for me. <laughs> break glass in case of emergency. It's there if you need it for right. sure. So, oh, that's so good. So good. Do you have anything else? I don't think I do. I feel like with doing awesome today and we're talking on microphone every day, sometimes I'm like, what have I not done? <laughs> what I, I not feel say? like if somebody knows a little something about my whole life right now. <laughs> so it was hard for me to think of, uh, of things, but do you have anything else? No, I don't think so. On? It has been so good though to, I would say if you have an extrovert friend during this time of COVID, like just call them, leave them a message, send them a funny gift <laughs> because we're like, not okay. Yeah, we're not okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think that's one thing I realized that was my shower Enneagram moment, um, was how my life is very not happy right now. And if an Enneagram yeah. seven driving force is to be happy, um, I don't have a whole lot of happy in my life, not only because of life circumstances and also I'm out of like the push of making other people yeah. happy so that I can be happy. So right. I did look at my family yeah. this week and said, I need you. I, I'm not saying you can never be sad or that you can't be frustrated, but like I, I need some happy moments. I need some happy vibes coming off of you. I need some Six happy face. In fact, that's how, that's when Natalie watched Schitt's Creek with me because she knows that I've been wanting to watch and she's like, Aww. mom, what can I do for you? I said, do you want to come watch Schitt's Creek with me while I fold laundry? She's oh, like, that's so good. Okay. Cause she's so sweet. I love sweet. it. I love it. Just that's to laugh so together. So to laugh with you yeah. and to know the superstars will be laughing with us has made me happy. Yes. And to know that we have now named you Kawakawa. That's Kawa right. Kawa Gordon. Kawa. Reporting from the field. That's right. <laughs> Okay. Well, superstars, we do have some great stuff coming up for you. I have recorded with my sister the very first episode of our Sort of Spicy series. Um, I will say, Kelly, I'm going to tell you, superstars, I'm going to tell you, I've recorded hours upon hours upon hours of episodes for Sort of Awesome. This recording with my sister, I mean, I'm a little biased. She's my sister, but I, I think it's one of the best recordings I've ever been part of. It's my sister. I'm going to tell you guys, I'll let you in on the loop in the loop. I don't know exactly how we're going to kind of share this with the general public, but it's my sister telling her story of being in recovery for five years, being part of AA and what her journey there looked like and how it has impacted her life. It's so good. Like I got chills saying it just now. It's so good. I'm so proud of my sister. Um, so we've got that coming. Rebecca's going to come and talk, talking about sort of spicy. She's going to talk about her favorite romance novels. So we're going to have a different kind of fun and spicy going on. We've got all kinds of plans for this sort of spicy series coming up. So, I mean, if you thought you knew us before, just buckle up because we got more, we got more inside stuff coming your way. Of course, we have two more swaps before the end of the year. So speaking of, you know, bringing happy to our lives. We do want to stay connected as we trudge through to the end of 2020. God bless us all. And uh, we have so much coming up. We are so thankful for your support. Every single month, you guys show up to support us and to support our mission and our message. It's sort of awesome. I cannot tell you enough how thankful that we are. So this has been awesome overflow. Kelly, thank you for taking time to sit mm. down and talk through all this it with me. It was truly my pleasure. Good, good, good. Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. We'll see y'all next time.